0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode number 38. We have a very special guest. Not only, as you know, I talk about my fantasy team sometimes on this, uh, on this podcast. Not only is he a budding superstar, and I don't use that term loosely, a budding superstar for the NHL and the Red Wings, but also a ray gun, three-time ray gun, Anthony Mantha joins us. Anthony, thanks for doing this.
1: Yeah, for sure anytime
0: good good now we have to clear something up all right we know that you know your, your your grandfather montreal canadian uh stanley cup winner you're growing up guys like maurice richard are coming to your you know your to visit your grandfather a little boy yet when you go on wikipedia um pronovo andre pronovo your grandfather yep is listed as being part of the other Pronovo family that had guys playing all the time. Marcel Pronovo, who was a longtime Red Wing, a Hall of Famer, great player in his own right, but you are not related to that
1: Pronovo family, right? Uh, actually, my dad's a Pronovo, so my grandfather, Andre, is my grandfather. Oh, okay. But Marcel is not related closely. He's, I mean, in the family somewhere, if you go through the tree. But he's not like my uncle or great-great-uncle. So do you
0: consider – is he a relative then? Because, because everyone states that that, that the, the Pronovo brothers, he had like three brothers, Marcel did, that all played mm-hmm. in the NHL.
1: But Andre wasn't one of the brothers.
0: No, he but he has a brother named Andre,
1: but it's not your grandfather. Exactly. So they're not your great-uncles. Well, I mean, from far, they probably are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like okay. Pronovo somewhere in the tree – Right. would be related, but not anything close. Well,
0: because Marcel Pro- Marcel Pronovo used to be a scout for the Devils, and I sat next to him in the press box for a number of years. He is a tremendous guy. I, mean, I know he passed away recently, but uh, he was just a great guy. So did you ever meet them, or do you ever know them at Never all? Never met him. No. 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 So you're sort of related. Is So is Pronovo kind of like the American version of Smith? Is that a real popular French name, or...?
1: uh not really uh there's maybe a couple, but not more than than you can like think of, really yeah, so all right i I think we cleared that up that's all right <laughs> no, and, you- I mean most people uh confer to manta, so they think most my grandfather, right, and that's also not related. that's the same thing as Marcel, so it's probably somewhere through the tree, but not close.
0: So if your name's Pronovo, you
1: can switch it to Manta? I have my mother's name.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's why. That's All why right. everyone gets confused. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get into no, no. personal stuff. Or, no, you know. for sure.
1: So I have Manta, that's my mother's name, okay. and Pronovo's my dad's name.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: Pronovo's uh, Andre is my grandfather on my dad's side. Right, right. That's the one that played.
0: Okay, right. No, I know, and he, you know, and he was, you know, four-time Stanley Cup yeah. champion. Played for the Red Wings. Yeah. Uh, I guess the most touching photo is when, when he was here at Joe Louis Arena, and he, you know, tears were streaming down his oh, eyes. Oh, for sure. That must have made you feel great. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Obviously, you're on the ice playing at that
1: moment. Yeah, I think the best feeling in all that picture was my grandmother because it was her first trip here and her last also. Oh, I'm sorry. So I she hear passed that. away during the summer. So that was just the best gift. Uh, for me, for the family, for her to come here, and that's maybe why my grandpa had tears at the same time. So it, it was just an unreal moment.
0: When you have a moment like that, I mean, first of all, you're in, you know, you're where you want to be in the National Hockey League. You're playing, maybe not for the beloved Montreal Canadiens, but you're playing for the Detroit Red Wings, an iconic franchise in their own right. Perhaps the greatest player of all time, Gordy Howe, and you got the Gordy Howe Hat Trick the other sure. night, playing playing here. Uh, you see your family right after that game. What goes through your mind because you're you're probably spinning with emotion at that point.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, uh everyone's just so happy. There there was probably 12 to 15 people here for me that weekend. So, uh for me it was just so exciting just to spend time with family after that game, uh go for dinner and just have a blast and everything was uh, aligned to have uh, a great night and that's exactly what happened.
0: So do you, do you, are you immediately like, very thankful, thanking everybody who made, like we always hear the sacrifices of getting up at you know three o'clock in the morning to make sure that you're at you know you're practicing in all your ice time or or as much as we all, growing up, are there so many rinks and stuff that it wasn't quite as taxing as it would be maybe here in Detroit where people are getting up at God
1: only knows when you know before the sun comes up? Uh, Obviously, with my dad, we had late night road trips uh, in Toronto, let's say. So it's a six, seven hour drive for a tournament that weekend. Uh, we would leave at two, three in the morning. He would drive. I would sleep in the car the whole time. I mean, those are just details that when you're a little kid, you think it's normal. But when you once you get to the NHL and you know what it was like, to all those sacrifices your parents made, it just feels amazing.
0: Right, When now uh, going back, uh, Bob Duff uh, Windsor Star, former columnist, Windsor Star hockey historian, what a great column on you growing up, you know, in that every, during the holidays and during Christmas you go to a pond and I don't know, does your family have a draft? Do you play a hockey game? Everybody involved? Or?
1: Yeah, well that's on my dad's side, so okay. all the Pranaville family and like the last few years we got a couple more invites, so friends of the family and then just to have more bodies on the ice. And uh, we throw the sticks in the middle. It used to be on the pond outside, but then uh, my sister's boyfriend started working in the the indoor rink. So every Christmas we reserve the rink, and uh, we just go there for a couple hours uh, in the afternoon, maybe for three hours. The first hour, everyone could just skate, uh, throw pucks on that, and everything. And then uh, the ones that want to play the game stays on and. Uh, the ones that can't really skate or doesn't play much steps off and they go upstairs. Uh, have fun and everything. So we throw our sticks in the middle, pick some teams out, and then uh, we just go from there. So, so, how competitive is it? I mean, do you? I mean, is it tough for you not to
0: be a Detroit Red Wing out on that ice? I mean, you know, hey, I'm sorry, Sister Barbara or whatever. I, I gotta check you.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, the last couple of years, I. Couldn't really make it because our schedule is right. so tight, but uh, years before that, I was always there and just having fun. I mean, uh, my whole family almost played hockey, except my mom and my older sister. So my two other sisters uh, played hockey when they grew up. My cousins played hockey. Uh, my dad and his two brothers played uh, great hockey back in the days. So, I mean, it's, it gets pretty competitive. And But my, you're
0: but you're the best hockey player in the yeah, family at yeah, this
1: point. For sure. I mean, no doubt, but uh my grandfather's eighty now and he still hops on the ice. I mean he could still skate, but I mean when you're eighty you limit your, your moving, so he goes in nets and he just tries stopping pucks. And he's eighty and he doesn't care eating a puck off the shin or anything. Really? So it's just a blast and uh, everyone has fun.
0: So does he challenge you like because you're not going to like whip a slap shot at him or does he say come on Anthony you can you've got more than that.
1: No you'll you'll try deking him. Uh, he'll, he's going to get deaking a po- an 80 year old man. Oh for sure he, he's going to play the body he's going to play a uh, poke check you uh, close his legs uh, so the puck doesn't go through his skates and uh, he just likes it that much and I mean he he still knows how to play hockey even if he's older.
0: What was it like growing up with him and having these Jean Beliveau, the Rocket? I mean, these iconic Canadians, not only Montreal Canadians, but, but hockey players. I, was it almost second nature? I mean, did you know, Rocket comes in the house, so you're like, you know, playing with your toy trains or
1: something. Say, oh, hey, hey, Maurice, what's up? I mean, I don't even think I was born when he passed away. Uh, really? When did he pass away? i'm That I'm not sure no I
0: thought because because in the story Bob said, Bob said that you that these guys would come, and you were always playing there.
1: Mm, i I don't think so. probably Bolivo, though, right? uh Belleville was still alive, yes uh my but my grandfather moved to Shawinigan, so he wasn't living close to my place. He was maybe an hour and a half, two hours oh, from my I place, see. so he he went back with his family. They're all from down there, so uh but I heard plenty of stories of either or. I mean, uh, my grandfather always told me that Maurice was the best player he ever played with, and, I mean, you can't doubt that.
0: No, no. I mean, first person to score 50 goals in the NHL. I mean, you know, certainly uh, he was, you know, I mean, they didn't call him the Rocket for nothing. I mean, uh, growing up in Montreal, if you can give us a sense, you know, Detroit's called hockey town. Uh, As I said, Red Wings have had iconic players in their own right. what What is hockey like growing up in a city like Montreal who have won more Stanley Cups than any other franchise at 24?
1: When you're a hockey player, I think it's the only thing that exists in Montreal. Uh, the media is so in- intense. Uh, every day there's going to be something about Montreal on TV, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. You'll see something for sure. Uh, once you go out the games, I mean, it's sold out. You Every game sold out. Even if they don't have that good of a year, uh, the fans are still going to be there. Obviously, they might not be happy, but they, they're going to cheer for their team anyways. Right. And, I mean, uh, as soon as they score, uh, even as a little kid, you start singing that famous song that Montreal has. And uh, even to this day, we're playing against them. And when we get scored on, I mean, it's just in the back of my head a little bit. You know, like when, when I was younger... I knew the song, and uh, obviously I don't sing it. I try not to sing it too much in a game. But, yeah,
0: singing on a Red Wing bench after um, they
1: score probably would not endear you to your teammates. But, like, it's little details that, like that that gets through your mind, and that's how uh, they gather up their fans.
0: So, you know, it, it, it's such a tradition. You knew you wanted to be a hockey player right away. Uh, th- when, when you decided, and you were a little kid, like seven, eight years old, you knew this was what you wanted to do. Did you just commit to it right away? I mean, as far as did you – I mean, you're a little boy. I mean, you, you know, do you still eat candy or something, or do you watch your diet? Are you, are you just preparing that
1: I'm going to be a hockey player, this is what I have to do? Um, actually, when I was 12 or 13, I had to take a decision between tennis and hockey. Uh, I used to be a big tennis player I, maybe four or five times a week, uh, playing competitions, tournaments uh almost a private coach like maybe two or three really? little guys in a in a group so uh i think i was 12 or 13 like i said and uh my parents asked me what i liked better and that was really the question which sport do you like better and i i decided to choose hockey because that was obviously in the family and that's what i like doing more than playing tennis so i quit tennis there and i went like year round hockey uh, so, I would play my winter league, and then obviously the summer triple A hockey would start as soon as that finished, but uh, until then, I was playing every sport
0: really do you uh do, do you a big tennis fan now
1: I mean I enjoy watching it uh, C- Canadians have a couple of good players yeah, for sure i mean
0: uh it's better in Americans' men's tennis right now, really
1: yeah I mean we they do have a couple uh roundnick or in the women 's side Jenny Bouchard. Yeah, she's but, kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah, but she had her good times also, but uh, I enjoy watching it. Every time it's in Montreal, I try going to see it at, and during the summer, at least one day or a couple matches there.
0: Oh, right. Um, do you have a favorite player right now?
1: It has to be Nadal. Uh, really? It, 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 it always has. Uh, That's
0: my favorite player. I mean, I love Rafa.
1: Yeah. It has to be. I mean, obviously. That's why I like there, this guy. There's a lot of good ones out there. <laughs>
0: no, there are. Sure. I mean, what Federer is doing is pretty pretty oh, amazing, too. Unreal. Right, unreal. right. But the Dolph finished number one in the world this year. True. Yeah, so. Great. Well, man, it's just. Man, I, you know, I, it's always drawn to you, but now I know why. I mean, you love tennis. I mean, I love that sport, too. I just wish the Americans were a little more. Comp- I mean, obviously, with Serena, the yeah. women's side is pretty good.
1: But, mm-hmm. uh but anyway, wow, so do you play at all? or do, do... Um, Not that much anymore. I mean, I probably play f- four or five times every summer. But it's it's so much like effort after a workout. I love playing golf, so I'll go play golf before I go play tennis. But uh, you get your workout in, then you go run on the court for an hour and a half, the next day you're gassed. Yeah, but,
0: so... So you so it was a passion when you were a little kid, but you had to make the decision once you decided to become a hockey player uh, did it just come easy to you or how how hard did you have to work at it because I think the the thing that we've seen in Detroit is that i mean sure, you have a terrific shot, you're a big guy, we know you can take care of yourself, and uh you know it's you know when you get upset out there it's. <laughs> You're upset, uh, but, but also you, you have skill. I mean, you, your passing is, is remarkable. It really is, and everyone says, well, for such a big guy, he's such a complete player. Was it natural, or did you really have to work on it?
1: I think it was, uh, I would say, easy until juniors, and then um, once I got in the American League, that's when I really had to put a switch on and learn a lot. I mean, obviously, we talked about it for, for years. Uh, Blash always said it. he needs to start skating, skate every day. Uh, but until juniors, I mean, I could have a day off and still get two or three goals. I mean, it, it's just how it was. But uh, I learned pretty quick that that's not the way it's going to be in the NHL or in the American League. So, The
0: one thing we hear, and I know I asked you this before, but the one thing we've always heard about, and people come up to me thinking that you know that I would know because I've covered the Red Wings for so many years, they would ask me, "Move your feet." What does "move your feet" mean? I mean, they're skating; they're obviously moving. Can you, can you kind of explain that to a layman who, when 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 they say, you know, whether it's Mantha or whomever has to move their feet, what exactly do they want you to
1: do? So let's say you take a shift, uh, 35 seconds. You you're actually moving your feet and in stride for 15. We're giving an example here. Mm-hmm. And there's the rest, the, there's 20, per, uh, 20 seconds you just glide around and like kind of turn and turn the other side and just move slowly around your zone or in, in the neutral zone. That's the difference between not moving your feet, so that 20 seconds you're not moving your feet, you're just gliding around. And when, when Blash or other coaches say move your feet, They actually want you to stop and start, uh, stride out, push a pace uh, for maybe 30 out of 35 seconds. Mm -hmm. So they just want you to keep your feet moving and keep uh, pushing as hard as you can for 35.
0: Sometimes, though, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but when you're gliding, are you trying to see the play develop? I mean, what's going on and where you should go? I mean, if you're constantly skating... And you tell me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, it would seem that sometimes you would look almost disoriented out
1: there because all you're doing is or, – or, or is that just, you know – No, there's there's a middle between the two, obviously. Uh, but, like they were saying, it's, it was maybe 10 seconds for me back in juniors. Right. Uh, out of 35. Now it's maybe 20 or 25. So I could still glide to read the play. But once I read it, that's when I need to put the switch on it. Right.
0: So, you, so you got used to it. So you're yeah. you're in Quebec. The knock has always been against the Quebec League, is that the the reason why there's so many great goaltenders that come out of that league, out of the CHL, which is the Quebec League, the Ontario Hockey League, and then the Western Hockey League, is that they play no defense in that league. It's just a run and gun league. So goalies are just like shot after shot after shot. So when you look at it, I mean they said about Sidney Crosby, they said about everybody, that their goal totals are inflated. I mean, what did you have, eighty one goals in eighty one games or something like that? Did you did, do you buy into that or do you think that it's just, you know, the rivalries between le- le- leagues that stereotypes get uh, you, you know, get thrown to one league like, you know, the Quebec league, yeah, all they do is run and gun.
1: Yeah, I mean even double A was Kidding with me when the, I first got drafted. Oh, the Quebec League. The Quebec League's not that good, and I was like, "Yeah, but you guys have twenty teams or twenty-four teams in your leagues. We only have sixteen. Like, there's a difference there. Yeah, but all our goons that can make our teams go plays in your league. Yeah, but your territory is bigger than ours. Right. Like, we we probably don't have the same amount of players. He's like, "Yeah, yeah," and then I'm like, "Well, they're." Halifax and Saint John in the Quebec League won three years in a row at the Mem Cup. Right. So there's, it's. I think it's equal. All three leagues. If it wasn't equal, they wouldn't do a Mem Cup. Right. You know the Memorial Cup, uh, the winners of each league.
0: Right. They Which Windsor won last year.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't equal. So that's just the way I see it.
0: So you see, so you get this perception then that you come in and that you know that the league that you're in, that you dominated in, um, people kind of look down on it. So do you, do you come in with a chip on your shoulder or do you not care?
1: I don't care, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did what I had to do in juniors uh, to get a chance at the NHL. Uh, I mean, if you throw me in the OHL, my goal would have been the same thing, you know. Right, like it would have been to score goals and to get viewed by NHL scouts, and to get to like next level.
0: So it's just like Double A, who played junior as well, who probably. But you guys are really close. I mean, you and you and Dubs are, <laughs> are 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 pretty tight buddies.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, we started being good buddies uh, the first year we got. Well, he got drafted a year before me, but the first year we went that uh, Deve- in Traverse City, the and, development. Camp. Yeah, exactly.
0: So. The college guys, like Larkin and those guys that play college, they don't they don't tease you about the Quebec League at all.
1: No, no, Larkin uh, probably doesn't mean, even know what it is. Well, he knows he knows what it is, but I mean, he went what one year in college? One year at Michigan, right? Yeah, that's all he needed. I mean, he can't really compare any leagues right now. Uh, but that's just what happens. Different paths, different uh, views of how to get to the NHL. And I mean, if you look at our team, you have both both paths and even uh, Europeans probably have a different path.
0: Was it difficult for you? Did you consider playing college hockey or anything like that? Or were you pretty Um, much, you had set a path for you at a relatively early age that this is how you were gonna make it to the NHL?
1: So there's a rule in junior hockey if you're forty eight hours at camp in let's say the Quebec league for mm-hmm. us. Uh if I'm forty eight hours I lose an a year of I think it was prep school when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's prep school for two years and college or
0: well right. I mean some of them like the guy like Larkin when I I would believe well from the development program, so he was yeah. in high school technically. Okay. But he was playing at, you know, the best
1: yeah. league for Americans. So for us to come on the American side, if we play 48 hours at camp, yeah. we, lo- we lose a year of being able to come to the States. Oh,
0: Only really? for going to
1: camp. Really? So when I got, first got drafted, I was 16, or f- I was 15, coming out my 15 season, uh, 15-year-old season, I had to make a decision if I wanted to go at camp in juniors or if i wanted to come in the states and that's when i got drafted i I told my parents i'm like yeah i want to go at camp i want to learn i want to play you want to be a junior hockey uh, as soon as possible so we took the decision there but i i think i had one or two like kind of offers on the table for in two years after that but uh, because i went to junior camp it took those off.
0: Well, when the first time I met you was at development camp. I know you don't remember, but the thing I walked away with, and you may not remember saying this, but your goal when you were drafted, that first development camp, was to make the Red Wings, and I think you actually thought you could make the Red Wings right out of junior.
1: Oh, I we- mean, that's your ultimate goal, right? <laughs> right. If you don't tell yourself you, you could do it, you're not going to make it. Like, if you don't tell your, your head that you're able to, that you have the skills, that you have everything in, in your bag to make the team. Right. And you tell yourself you can't, you're not going to make it.
0: Well, because, I mean, I walked away thinking, wow, I really like your confidence. And then I thought, you know, no offense, Anthony. This kid's crazy. He's not going to make the Red Wings at 18. He's just not. Because I know how the Red Wings, the overripe and all that kind of stuff. But. Yeah. How difficult then was it? Because you always wanted, you know, you wanted to wear the red and white. You wanted the wing wheel on your chest. You wanted an NHL jersey. You know, you, you go in your Grand Rapids, you break, you get to, you get, break your leg, which is a bit, you know, bad quote, no pun intended, bad break for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how frustrating, how difficult was it for you because your mindset was always NHL Yet, not that you toiled in the American Hockey League, but you were probably there a little longer than you anticipated.
1: Um, obviously, that set me back nine weeks. Right. Uh, so I come fresh out of my summer training. I'm at the peak I, I could be at that point. And then nine weeks off of you can't do lower body for, I think it was seven, six or seven weeks. I mean, it was just hard mentally, first of all, being here at the hotel alone, uh, no family. Uh, obviously, all the younger guys were sent back in Grand Rapids while I was doing my rehab here so i i didn't really know the guys at that point right um, but then, once I started playing, everyone had two uh two months of hockey practice games uh training in front of me so i I was probably for the whole first year two months late on right. everyone and it just felt like I couldn't catch up. Uh, it, it felt like every, everyone had a nudge on me. And even if I I tried to get my head into it, I mean, it was just harder and harder.
0: What, is that the processes that you hear from every elite athlete? That You know, we always hear the old cliché is the speed's different. It's always you got to adjust to the speed. But because you were such a dominant player in junior, you get the broken leg and it, 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 it that... The transition sometimes isn't a physical transition, but a mental transition for you as well. And because you were behind, was it difficult mentally for you to, to psych yourself up because you knew that you were at a bit of a disadvantage, if that makes sense? Um,
1: maybe a little bit, uh, but I don't think that much. I think it was more the physical was- side. Uh because you always believed in yourself. Yeah, young guy, twenty year old. I mean, uh, everyone's just just knew what it took for the American League. How, like you said, this uh, speed was different. Um, guys are there for living, so they're gonna block that shot that usually in junior used to go through. Um, it's just little details like that that the goalies are way better, faster, stronger. Um, I mean, everyone is just playing hockey for a living now. So that was the biggest difference for me when I came back from my injury to get in my head and and tell myself I need to play harder, I need to move more, I need to do all the little details for the next step.
0: And you know that if you don't do that, the line between the NHL and the AHL is, is fairly thin, actually. I mean, it's a great league in itself, so... You have to modify the way you play. Was it a difficult transition for
1: you? Um, From juniors to the American League, yes. I mean, that's the hardest one. After when you're playing good hockey or great hockey in the American League, that's when you get called up. So if you play good, good and great hockey in the American League, and you do the same thing in the NHL. Then the transition's easier because you're playing the same hockey, just at a little different speed.
0: Were you aware that Red Wing fans wanted to see you up here? Do you pay attention to that? I mean, obviously, it's the organization is going to or organization is going to make the. Uh, the final determination, but that you had a budding fan club here in Detroit that said, listen, not that we, you know, playoff streak's fine and all that, but we, we, we have a pretty good hockey player down here. We would like to see him. Is that encouraging for you? Do you pay attention
1: to that stuff? Um, sometimes it's hard not to pay attention to it. Uh, they tag you on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, right. on Instagram. I mean, it's just everywhere right now. Um, it is fun. Uh, I can't lie about it. Uh, when you get good feedbacks by fans or media or things like that, it's just a blast. On the other hand, when you, you get, there's obviously people that don't like you. Right. Uh, so if you get negative comments on those social medias, uh, it kind of just goes in one side and right out the other side. So you try focusing on every positive one over negative.
0: What, uh, what was the most difficult <coughs> transition you had to make from junior to the AHL? Something that you know, didn't have to be part of your game in junior, but had to be part of your game in the
1: AHL and obviously the NHL. It comes back to moving my feet. Really? Yeah, you know, it has to be. Because, uh, I mean, getting the shot off half a second quicker is something you get used to making your pass or making the right play half a second quicker, you get used to it. But if you don't move your feet, you're not going to get that half second. You're going to have 0.1 second to make your play.
0: So you would say that, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or negative, but the yeah. negative kind of tune, you know, like Blash will sometimes say, we had too many passengers tonight, or you know, some of the guys are just floating out there. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair assessment to say because you could float at junior, that even though maybe you weren't even aware you were doing it, that eventually it was constantly being pointed out to you, Anthony, you've got to move your feet, you've got to move your feet, and you're thinking to yourself, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm, I'm playing my game.
1: Yeah, um, it is. I mean, yeah, he used a lot of terms uh, throughout the years, but uh, passengers one like you said. Right. And I mean, it's just a little detail that you get used to. Uh, you need to put it in your head and just focus on it a little bit, and you get right into it.
0: Right. So last season, uh, you're playing, we think, you know, from the layman's eye, you're playing great hockey, you know, you're scoring goals, you're, you're contributing, and then you're sat down. I was, you know, I, one day for whatever reason through a snafu after practice, I was the only guy in the room, and you came off the ice, and I talked to you again about it. And, you know, I again walked away talking to you. I knew you were not happy. You were not happy. I think you were disappointed. I think you were a little bit angry. I'm not trying to... But you accepted it, and once you came back, until you broke your hand in the fight with with Witkowski, uh, you... You didn't let up. I mean, you. you I mean, that was it—a good lesson for you, or was it a difficult lesson for you? We, did you come when you came back from those two games? You had something to prove, or you just said it's never going to happen to me again.
1: I went with both of them. Right. Um, first off, it was a learning process. I can't remember why or what was uh, what Flash told me. It was, exactly. well, I think it was
0: kind of on the context about moving your feet a little bit.
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I got blank, but doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, Anyways, right. so it was, it was to learn, uh, first off. Uh, secondly, I, I wasn't happy. I mean, you're not happy when you're not playing. Uh, the goal to play is to play in the NHL every game. And then when I did have a chance to come back, I wanted to make sure he wasn't going to sit me again. And uh, I think I came back and played pretty good. And then, uh, obviously, this year when I came, uh, I wanted to be one of the best players here, to show him uh, he can't sit me ever again.
0: Well, you know, when that happens to you, do you do you talk to guys on the team? Do you go up to Z or you know Dubs or anybody or um, Larks or somebody, or do you call home or former coach, or do you try to work it out and through your through your you know through your own mind?
1: Well, I mean you have to accept it because you're not going to be able to change the decision right. that was took. Um, who did I talk to? Um, I know I probably talked with Double A, that's for sure. I talked with my parents. I mean, uh, for them, they're my parents, so obviously it's going to be... You're beautiful. We yeah, love Exactly. You, <laughs> right, right, you know, right. like, oh, you shouldn't be sitting, you're playing good, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I did text my agent. I asked him, like... If he watched the last couple games, if my game was different than when I was called up, you didn't demand a trade. No, at at any point, I I never uh, asked a
0: trade. No, so 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 what what kind of feedback? Okay, your parents obviously positive feedback. Yeah. Double does double A who has his own issues with sitting. Uh, do you uh, uh, you know was he encouraging or? Uh, you- how did you work it through, I guess, the, the thought um, process? With
1: double-A, I think it was just like, I can't believe he was sitting. Like It's it just, he's not going to tell me, oh, you're playing like shit. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, yeah, right. go in the stands and watch a team play. But, um, no, obviously he, he was. <laughs> Have on, you had a my, teammate tell you that before? No, I don't think so. Have you ever told a teammate that before? Never. No. Never. I mean, uh, it's just. You, you don't do that to your teammates right. anyways, and I think the best feedback was my agent he he just told me to go and practice the next day or the next two days and uh, bring my intensity level up and to practice hard and then when I'll come back I'll be playing the way I practiced and everything's gonna come back to normal after that
0: you were part of uh <coughs> rookie. You had good numbers last year. You were you, know, you, you you were right in there with the rest of the rookie class. And, uh, you know, I mean, Austin Matthews had, you know, Posse plays in Toronto, so they're going to pump him up, like, constantly. Uh, as we know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. the Toronto media is – it's like the, when the Yankees come to town or something. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. They have actually so much more media than players on the roster. But so you come this year to camp and – your, you have a, a spot on the team for the most part. Is that why it you've just taken off this year? That everything that you put up with, whether it was sitting or guys, you know, ragging you about the Quebec League or you know everything that you have gone through up until that point, you were a Detroit Red Wing this year. You knew it, so it was just time to go out and play hockey.
1: Yeah, I, it was. I mean, even throughout the summer. You know, like, if, if Detroit wants to send you down, you go through waivers, and then, obviously, anyone could come pick you up. Right. But then when the expansion draft happened and uh, Detroit called me and they told me, yeah, we're going to keep you, we're going to protect you from okay. that draft, that was actually a good relief. Um, so you
0: actually thought that you, you could have been left unprotected?
1: Uh, I mean, you never know. Really? This is all a wow. business. That's pretty um, int- that's pretty interesting that you would think that.
0: It never crossed my mind. I for sure you were going to be one of them. At those
1: first guys. I thought it was only 6 forwards okay. and not 7. Right. So I was kind of looking at who they would protect, who they wouldn't. Obviously they all all the media NHL and everyone brings their lists out. Uh, you you follow it pretty closely. But anyways, so the day they called me to tell me they were going to protect me Um, that's the day I think all the, not the pressure, but, uh, how do you want to say it? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of pressure went down. Uh, I knew in my summer trainings, it was, yes, I was going to push hard, but I don't need to do like that extra 10 pounds necessarily on uh, the squat to make this team that I had the years before. Right. So I think it was just a better summer. Uh, everything was controlled, my nutrition was controlled, uh, my gym was controlled, and I think every, everything just rounded up good to get a great start of season.
0: I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not saying it because you're sitting you know, r- right next to me and you're gracious enough to do this podcast, but if they would have left you unprotected, first of all, you'd be wearing a Golden Knights jersey today. There's no question in my mind they would have grabbed you. Or George McPhee would have completely lost his mind, or and second, there would have been an insurrection for the fan base here in Detroit. I mean, you you you're one of the guys that you know the fan base especially is looking towards to be that next generation of Red Wing. So, and I guess you know I think we're all learning a lesson here. At least I am, and, and fans are. Is that they look at it oh. You know, you play a game for two hours and then you go home, you know, and play video games or whatever, whatever you do, spend your money, you know, <laughs> you know how the you know, and but man, you just said my diet's controlled, my gym time controlled. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling them that the that they you know, people because I've covered professional athletes for so long that the life of a professional athlete, the pressure on you to produce, and especially if you get hurt to try to get your way back in the lineup, I mean. I don't think people see the whole big picture, but then again, I guess maybe they they don't have to. You know, they just have this yeah. perception. But for you, it's amazing that you really thought. And I'm not trying to, you know, really, uh, you know, belabor this point. That you thought that there was a possibility that the Red Wings might not have
1: protected you. It's just things that comes through your mind. Like, really? I mean, wow. You you any player could get traded at any time. Also, like no one's right. But to lose you for nothing, I mean, if you get traded, I would
0: expect it would be at this point all star for all star or something. You know, it, mm-hmm. it plus uh, I would believe you would almost have to say, look, I, I like it here, but I want out or something. I mean, I think it would be initiated by by the player because I don't think you're going anywhere. I hope
1: not. Right,
0: right, right, That's for sure. Right. Well, if you have any inkling, let me know because <laughs> I'll, I'll get the word out. Uh, so you come. They say, look, we're going to protect you. You're, you know, you're having a great time then in Montreal with your buddies. You're going to the was it was it the uh, the, the women or the men uh, tennis uh, this because it. it, it It's either in Toronto and you guys flip this year. I don't know. You know, you're. you're, I I think it was the men this year. We're we're in Montreal and you're thinking, oh man, hopefully I got time to go. I want to see Rafa. I want to see everybody and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So you're having a great life. You're working out. You're watching your diet. I don't know if you have Lisa McDowell on Speed Dial and, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. can I eat this or whatever. But, you know, you're doing all that stuff. You get to camp and the youth say, well, you know, a lot of guys here, do you go up to some of the young draft picks? Do you go up to, like, a Rasmussen, who's, I think he might even be a little bit taller than you, and you say, hey, welcome to the Red Wings, uh, let me tell you what you're in for, or are you concentrating on, on, on your game?
1: No, I think I'm focused in on my own game. Uh, like I said, all my summer was planned. I knew I wanted to come to camp at 230 uh, this year, so after camp... Pounds, and you, 230 yeah. pounds. And then Not 230
0: in the afternoon?
1: No, no. <laughs> 230 pounds. I knew after camp I was going to lose a couple, uh, maybe play the rest of the year at 225. That was my set goal at the end of last year. Right. So I got in at 230. Right now I'm at 225, uh, 224, 26, whatever, somewhere around there. Uh, so my plan is going exactly how I wanted it to be. And... That's why, like, you need to focus on your own camp. What the draft pick did during the summer, it's on him. Right, right. What Larkin did during the summer, it's for his good. Right. And it's the same with every other player.
0: Right. Did you have anybody come up to you, like one of these raw rookies or something? Because you know, you have leadership qualities, obviously, and you know I eventually mean, you're
1: going to have an A. You're going to have a. You're going to have an A or C or something. You're going to have a letter on your sweater eventually. I mean, we're all the same team. Yes, right. we, there's a competition at camp. Who's making the team? Who's right. not? Who's going in the American League? Um, everyone talks to everyone, but there's three groups. Like this year was yeah, the Red I Wings were the Red, the Red Wings. Wings. <laughs> uh, most of them were in Group A, if you want. Right. Group B, they said it was more the American League. The team. Grand Rapids Griffins. And then there was the junior guys in Group Three, and then there there was a couple of switches here and there. But we didn't really have time with uh, the junior guys or even with the American League guys because our, our schedule was all different. So we saw most of our group, the whole camp. Did you like
0: that? I mean, was that good? I mean, Blash said he did it that way because he wanted the power play units to essentially be together from day one of camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's their decision. Uh, right. whether they do it like that, or they mix up teams like the years before, obviously not making the playoffs they I know blash is a little superstitious, so maybe he wanted to change something this year
0: right okay when you so you come in uh you know the you know hockey lines are you you change them like underwear or something i mean you know so you you come in you, you everyone's under the assumption you're going to play with with, with Zetterberg again and and probably Nyquist uh but then we, we, you know, you were with, uh, with, with, with Dubs, with Double A and, and Larkin and you, and mm-hmm. you've been all over, yet you have seemed to play more with Zetterberg since you've been a Red Wing than any other player. I I, obviously, it's helped you out, but it also probably has helped him out too because you have size and, and scoring ability. Uh, you can't pick your line mates. Uh, so do you even, because you know they change all the time, is playing, would you like to have more of a set line or do you not mind that you're playing, because you know the, the thing, Scotty Bowman always used to play like a a, a center and a winger together, were always together, and then he would interchange the third guy, mm-hmm. whether it be the right wing or the left wing. Glass sort of has that philosophy at times and so... I, it looks like you you, and Z are going to be playing a lot together. Do you feel that way? Or do you think that eventually it will go back to you, Larkin, in, uh, in double A?
1: I mean, this year I, we pretty much changed lines every couple games. I, if you remember the first three, four games, it was Larkin, Furky, and myself. Right, right, right. Uh, then Tatar, Nyquist, and Zetterberg. Then they switched it all around. Double A came in. Uh, I mean, right now he's just switching lines every every game, uh, especially because we're playing eleven forwards these right. two two or three last games. So now he really mixes uh, left right wingers. Sometimes he's gonna send a centerman with that fort line. So for him, he's playing with everyone. Um, it is hard sometimes to get adjusted to all these lines change, only because uh you work on a chemistry with a line during practice so you know exactly where they're going to be on the ice i mean it's a, a quarter of a second to make a play right. so if you know Zetterberg's there doesn't mean if you play with Larkin that Larkin's going to be at the same spot right so i i mean you you start getting used to it obviously but uh, i think it's harder when lines moves a lot
0: is there a lot of co- communication on the bench or or on the actual ice uh, do you get off a of shift and you say, "Hey, look! I thought you, you know, yeah, look, both. If, if we're there, I'm gonna, the, I'm giving
1: giving you the puck, or I'm open. Try to get the puck to me." I mean, is it? Uh, there, there's plays every, everywhere on the ice before face-offs, uh, set plays during practice, on the bench. We're gonna modify plays, so it's nonstop uh, talking to each other. Uh, okay, we. I, I
0: want to move. There's so, so much I want to talk to you about, but. Uh, Goal scoring ability. You're a natural goal scorer. Everybody said that about you, even when the people were complaining he's not moving his feet. Uh, born with it, work on it, how did you develop it? Because you are, I mean, you are deadly
1: out there when you're shooting. Obviously, um, worked on it. A lot of shooting when I was young. I, everyone had their own little net with a in the garage or whatever. I had that under uh, my right beside my house. Um, I had a shooter tutor uh, that my dad cut off a uh, piece of wood. I would have uh, my shooting uh, thing set up, and anyway, so I shot probably <laughs> thousands of pucks. Really? Without kidding. Uh, but that's almost everyone in the NHL did something that way. I uh, would always play roller hockey in the street after school or. Uh, during nighttime, and then as the years came along I would always finish first second scoring on my team uh, minor midget the same thing then it really tipped off when I started playing juniors um, everyone in my family and friends know that there's one goal overtime goal uh, in Quebec uh, that's what started my junior career if you want, I went coast really? to coast and I think there was .8 seconds left to, to the p- overtime and I scored and from there it just started and I think the confidence just exploded if you want. And right. I started shooting and everything was going in and uh, so that's how it's like tipped off.
0: Even though you have like an impressive resume, a pedigree um, with your family all, you know, the hockey entrenched in your in family bloodlines, uh, do you look at it and do you think that your size w- always works for you, but in a way that people underestimate maybe so much your skill level, they just think you're some big brawny guy and that you're, that, that you're out there, but you play a 200-foot game, you play both ends of the ice, that it kind of, that, not that you sneak up on your opponents, but that you know that maybe they underestimate you a little bit because they think you're just a big behemoth.
1: Uh, maybe i mean if they do i'll just <laughs> i'll just show them probably the, the opposite that what they right. think uh but i think it's an advantage for me to be a big body big guy um, just physical side uh winning my battles i think it's getting uh e- not easier because it's always hard but right, right. um for me it, it looks easier because i could just throw my body in there and come out with a puck right Uh, the long reach uh, the best uh, the funniest example would be uh, the other day in practice yeah uh, we're just skating and me and Glennie have one puck I'm reaching out to get it he tries to poke check me and there's a feet and a half missing for his poke check (laughs) he's like how is this even possible like it's just little details that for me I get used to it over the years but then other teams don't quite know I have that long reach yet or I could make that little play in tight. So it, I think it's a big advantage. So
0: you, you're having a much better understanding of what it takes to perform in this league, and you're having a better understanding of how your skill set works to your advantage.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: So I, I I wanted to ask you, Blaschel said something really interesting after after the, the, the Calgary game. I'm going to say Calgary, not Calgary. Uh, but uh, after the Calgary game, that... If you would have told Anthony Mantha at the start of the season that his role on the power play would be in front of the net, he would not have envisioned himself there. But now he has the understanding that if you stand in front of the net, a lot of pucks are going to come your way, and you're going to score a lot of goals. Is Blaschel correct in that assessment, and have you learned that because of your size, because of your skill level, that you know you can just sit there and score from in close virtually almost any time you want. I know I'm exaggerating, but.
1: No, I mean, I did have my net front presence last year. Um, I don't think it was as good as this year. I mean, it's something I never really done before. Juniors, I used to be on the half wall shooting pucks. The American League, I did a little bit of boat. I played half on the half wall, half net front, so, I mean, I was going one or the other. And then when I got up here, I mean, there there was Sheehan last year, Abby and myself that was big enough, tall enough to go in front of that and screen a guy like Bishop. Right. I mean, you're not going to send Tatar to try to screen Bishop. It It's just... <laughs> I'd like to a, see it. Yeah, I mean, he could probably just do a good job there, but... I think it's easier for us to do it than it is for him. So, and that goes with the size and being able to just be at the right position. And I mean, when you have Larkin on one side with Greener and. Nielsen or Firk on the other side, you just know pucks are going to come flying.
0: Well, you're, you know, you you lead the team. You and Larkin are tied in points with 19 as we uh, do this the day before the Colorado game. Uh, Last night, the Red Wings were victorious against Buffalo. Um, You told me that you wanted to get five shots a game, which is a lot. But, uh, you know, if you get five shots a game, at least in your mind, you've got to think you're going to get at least one or two goals, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the percentage of uh, shots it's somewhere around 20, right? Right. Uh, so if you get five the chances are you're gonna get at least one goal I mean yesterday during the game. I had three on nets three missed shots if those three missed shots hits the net Stats says I, I have at least one goal.
0: You know, I, I teased you earlier in the year. I said how you know, how many goals are you gonna get? and uh... You know, I think you were like you're being modest. I think you were like 20 or you know, you were going on. I mean, maybe you didn't even want to commit. No, what you told me was commit. No, right, right. You did. not You yeah. said you had a you had a number in your mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every time I've seen you since then, I keep raising it by 5 for you.
1: What <laughs> uh, yeah. am I? 100 today? <laughs> no, no, you want yeah. me to score 100
0: for you? Well, now that now that we I traded for you, uh now that you're on all three of my teams, uh I got you at least at 45.
1: Well. Wow. All right. I should maybe get four the next game. And well, you then play three. Colorado? Come on! Yeah, but they're they're having a way better season than last year. Right. They're nine, seven, and one right now.
0: Well, the reason I bring this up is not that I'm egomaniac and I'm obsessed with my fantasy teams. It's that earlier, before you made the Western Conference road trip. Um, Andrew Kristoff, our fine producer. Say hello, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, and, 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 and We have a league here uh, at Little Caesars, uh, the Little Caesars Premier League. And because I was being a nice guy and letting like my <laughs> colleagues draft Red Wings, I did not draft Anthony. And I was very upset about it because he's on, as I said, he's a ray gun on two of the teams. Uh, people that know that follow ray guns, I know we have a vast fan club out there. Jimmy Howard is the captain of this team, so I can't make – Anthony, the captain, by immediately putting an A on his sweater. He's been a great leader. But we negotiated a trade, and Andrew and I decided that, I kind of decided, and Andrew agreed, that if we're going to propose the trade to Anthony, and if he says yes, then the trade happens. So now we're going to go back, I don't know, about two and a half weeks ago or so, and this is what transpired. First of all, Anthony, you've been a fantastic guest here on the Red and White Authority. I just have to say you're doing great, but this is something now that has been done earlier. As you know, you are on two of my three hockey, fantasy hockey teams as a Ray gun. Andrew, on the Little Caesars Premier League, which is really the only league to be in, you're not on my team. Andrew Kristoff, our fine producer. Andrew, get in here. Hey, say hello. Hey, Art. All
1: How's right. it going? Anthony?
0: I have proposed a deal. I want you on all three of my teams. Immediately when you become a Ray Gun for the third time, I'm putting an A on your sweater. He's already got a C on my team. Yeah, well, yeah. so Just a just heads up. But and this Tucker. is the deal. You come to the Ray Guns. The junior guns he gets. Matthew Shane, Sebastian oh. Ajo, and Cam that. Atkinson. It's three solid forwards that all see
1: significant. Do you need to make picks on the nights they play, or does every player play every game?
0: No, no, no. You, you have to, you know, you have a lineup. It's a set lineup, but okay. you have to go in and out. So he gets three for one. And remember.
1: I heard he wanted Matthews. That's just rumors I heard. <laughs>
0: right, but see, I'm putting you um, on a line with Matthews, so that right, can't then
1: happen. Ke- then keep that there. <laughs> yeah, um... Know. I don't know. Well, on my team, I just picked up uh, someone, you might know him, uh, Andreas Anthony Sioux. So you're already playing with him, and Ooh. after yeah. last night's game, you guys, Do you have Larkin we're, we're, we're on your team?
0: Uh, no, I don't. You I have, don't have him on Larkin. other teams, though. Okay. But um, you're on two of my three. I mean, someone beat you know, he... Andrew you're you're beat on me the out. leaders
1: on my team, though, so... We need you there. We need you there. Yeah, yeah that's team. hard. I mean, there, there has to be something outside of only trades, maybe a little dinner or something.
0: What? are you asking me to buy you dinner if you no. join
1: my team? <laughs> Andrew dinner for sure if if you want that trade to happen.
0: All right, I right. I'll buy Andrew dinner plus the three
1: players and then it's I on get, him. I
0: I get you. All right. Remember, our deal was if
1: That's a good deal.
0: Uh, if Anthony says yes, then you have to accept. Trade goes That has to over.
1: be a good deal. All right. Yeah, we can work something out. Oh, hey Congratulations, hey you hey ray gun for the third
0: time. <laughs> All right. thank, thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, you're welcome. So, Anthony, you heard it. I, I could tell that you wanted to be a ray gun for the third time. <laughs> Since you've been a ray gun, you have been on fire. You don't need to thank me. I, I've, I, I be, I've believed in you for a long time. I have not given Angie the dinner yet. Um, That's coming. That, that is coming. You believe That's me, coming. right? You don't oh, have a yeah. Welsh on that, right? Oh, for sure. No, because I I mean, you know, I've, I've been a good owner so
1: far. Oh, a- nice. and you've excelled. I'm just happy for Anthony's success, you know.
0: <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You, boy, you're really playing it up big, boy. <laughs> he feels bad. He feels that you're not going to like him now. That,
1: because. How do you feel about your trade on your side? I mean, you got me, you gave Duchesne. <laughs> Uh, who else did he get? Aho. 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 Atkinson. He just signed an extension. And, a- so. and Atkinson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's three good players also.
0: Yeah, well, yeah don't worry about it. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel good. I'm confident right. in my ability. How about you, Andrew?
1: My team, it's, it's been a little bit better. Need a little goaltending help. But, uh, of course, you're such a loss. But, you know, I'm happy well, that uh, you're doing good over on the, on the Ray Guns. I yeah, well, so. you're,
0: you're doing great. <laughs> I mean, you are doing absolutely fantastic.
1: You did good things for my team too. You I mean right? No re- you trimmer. really
0: did. You really have. I mean, if we're, gonna, I'm trying to make this a keeper league because I'm thinking these are the three guys I want to keep: you, Austin Matthews, and Zach Wrenski. I mean, that's a lineup of pretty heavy hitters. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good, for know, sure. You know, I mean, you don't mind, ha- ha- you know? There's no rivalry. I mean, they're two Americans. You know, you're Canadian. No, no, no thing going there.
1: Nothing going there. No. I mean, they're they're on my team, right? <laughs> right they're right. with the Ray Guns. Right, so, right. So well, why could I complain? You know you get a shirt,
0: too. Oh, nice. Yeah, raygun Ray Gun shirt. Where we, is that? We're, we're, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't I, get that. Jimmy you has one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll shirts borrow dinners. A, I don't know about that. No, no, no. you got shirts. I'm trying to think, you know, if I could convince every Ray Gun to wear... A ray gun hat, like you guys wear that Danny Cleary Hockey School thing, <laughs> I mean, I could, oh, I could probably market it, but, but anyway, that's, that's just me thinking um let's go back to this season 19 <laughs> points this f- Thanks, so sorry. far yeah thank you Andrew you you're right doing a way. great job on uh, as producer too we, <laughs> he's a nice kid you know he don't take it personally that he didn't want you I you know he proposed a trade <laughs> to me and I said Oh right, yeah I'll take mantha off your hands my yeah. team's called
1: the junior gun so look at my team kind of as grand, Rap- grand rapids and then you <laughs> right. you know Graduated over. To Kid idolizes the me. Guns, what yeah. can I say? Yeah. I
0: mean, he's not alone. Enough, the enough of that. I mean, people are tuned <laughs> off by now. It's like, man, this guy's a jerk. But let's uh, let's look at. It. I mean, you know, you really have a uh, a great opportunity here. I mean, this is you're you've, you're established. Do you feel? And I know I asked you this question earlier. Do you feel now that? You know, the word is out. Anthony Manth is a player. This is a guy we got to watch. You're the guy that, you know, is circled on the, uh, I guess it's not a chalkboard, but, you know, you're the guy that they're targeting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a different game now. Uh, obviously, you know, Zetterberg's playing against the top defenders. Right, right. Uh, Larkin, these last couple of games, is playing against their best forwards, and he's still producing, still having great success right now. So... Uh, I need to do the same thing. I need to step up. Even if I play against Dina one and 2 on the other side, I need to be able to produce. I need to be able to make plays. And I think it's just the way uh, this league goes. Uh, I mean, Zetterberg did it for plenty of years, so uh, I think I, I could handle it. I think I could still produce offensively even if I matched up against the good defenders.
0: You know, these games are coming fast and furious for you. I mean, it seems like every time you turn around, it's not even Olympic year. You know, if, you, if, you, if the Olympics are going to shut you, you would have been playing, like, five games in five days practically or something. But you're not. the, the players aren't going to the Olympics this time around. Hopefully that changes. Uh, but... How much time do you get to scout the opposition, or do you know, like, tomorrow, you know who the top D-men are on the, on the avalanche, you know who you're probably going to go up against. Do you take time to study their tendencies, or is it all about, if I play my game, I'm fine?
1: A little bit about, uh, well, more about, if I play my game, things are going to go good. Uh, but there's always a pre scout on the other team uh you look at their lineup you look at who who's performing for them right now uh weaknesses of their goalies um, tendencies that the, the Colorado would have so there has to be a pre scout even though like you kind of know who the players are you know who the best players are you know if they have uh tough guys in their lineup or whatsoever A skills guy um but you just need to focus on your game to start with.
0: When you look at this season, the Red Wings obviously ten, eight, and two. I believe at this point, uh, twenty-two points on the season. Did not make the playoffs last year. Uh, it appears that this team's mindset is a lot different. Uh, you're you're a much better team. You have a your goal differential is a plus in the third period, which it was not last year. Uh, is it just a maturation process It's because it seems a different feel in the room, different vibe, and is it because you, Dubs, or AA, but Dubs, Larks, uh, FERC, uh, that you guys are, are, are maturing and, and your mindset is different where you finally realize that you have to play a complete game?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, obviously, the younger guys, like you said, are mer- more mature. Uh, the older guys or the medium guys in the average there knows exactly what they have to do to win. So And I mean, our goalies are just playing phenomenal this year. Uh, so they're helping out a lot on the win uh, column. And uh, for us, it's just to bring more goals uh, offensively. If you score four or five a night... I mean, the chances are of winning are pretty high
0: when you look at it, and I know that you you know you're you're a modest guy, even though you believe in yourself which you should um, you think I'm kind of thinking that the we are going to make the playoffs this year, and you know that was kind of in doubt i mean obviously you, you you say well you he has to think that way, but there's a good vibe in this room. Would you be disappointed i guess if if, if you're not a playoff team this year?
1: Oh, for sure, it would be terrible, I mean uh we missed it last year and we don't want it to repeat. Uh we want to be a playoff spot, even playoff contenders. I mean, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. You finish 8, you finish 1st, you could still get to the uh, Stanley Cup. So for for us it's uh to play a great full season. When I say full is not to take any games off and then if if we're a 700 team at home, which is huge at the end of the year, uh, our chances are that we're going to be in playoff.
0: Right. This is an odd schedule, too, because you play. I, I think now you're in the midst of it, but until February 9th, you only play nine road games. Yeah. So if you take home advantage, are you getting used to Little Caesars Arena? Do you feel that you're starting to establish
1: a home ice presence? Oh, we are. I mean, it comes down to all the cheap. We have the gym. We have a cold tub hot tub everything around there. (laughs) Do you ever want to
0: leave the place?
1: (laughs) Actually, not really Uh, (laughs) But still uh, it just feels so good to be home Uh, We could take care of our bodies really good and I think that's uh, the biggest advantage we have at home
0: What does it mean? I mean you grew up a Montreal fan Obviously, they have a great sweater that red red uniform their home uniform is outstanding Yet you're playing for a pretty iconic thing. The winged wheel is known throughout. Um,
1: what does it mean to be a Red Wing for you? It means a lot. Uh, the day I was drafted, uh, I can't lie, I was super excited. <laughs> um, even afterwards, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, I told myself, and you brought it up earlier, that I wanted to make this team as soon as possible. Right. Obviously, I knew what was around with the Red Wings, that they keep their guys in the American League. uh, I mean, that's just the mentality I wanted. I wanted to have that uh, wing wheeled on my chest as soon as possible. Um, The history here is phenomenal. And following my grandfather's steps that he actually played here also was uh, one of the one of my goals, to be honest, uh, I wanted to play where he played at one point in my career, and to start here, it's just unreal.
0: All right. Now, as I know you're modest, so this is how about this? How about if I just throw these numbers at you and just have them on your mind. Don't, don't commit to them.
1: So 45-45, that's where you're going?
0: Well, look, I'm looking. you got 19 points now, right? Ten goals, ten assists. 45-45, you have 90 points this year.
1: Hey, I mean, I'll work hard. If I could get 90 points this year, I'll come shake your hand and I'll buy you dinner at the end of the year. Oh, really,
0: really, really. Restaurant of my choice.
1: All right. Hey, look at me. I can eat. You know. All right.
0: All right. No. All right. We'll Anthony.
1: bring Andrew. Uh,
0: we'll, we'll. Yeah. We'll bring. We'll bring Andrew. Up.
1: Yeah. Uh, guys, guy,
0: guys only. I guess. You're you're,
1: you're not in this trade.
0: <laughs> See, Stacy, you should have drafted Anthony. All right. Well, if go for
1: a trade, Regan. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: no, no, definitely not. No, this guy's a keeper. Um, thank you very much. I, I you know, I didn't want to elaborate on you know on the fight the other night. Uh, but do you think now finally guys are going to come to their senses and just let you alone?
1: Probably not. <laughs> um, things in this league, I mean, everyone just tries to get an edge on everyone else. Uh, if it's by scoring goals or fighting other guys, I mean. Uh, it's just how it goes. and
0: But you don't want to fight You told because you don't want to break your hand. No, yet.
1: obviously not. Obviously not. I mean, I'm, I wasn't looking for it, but if a guy starts punching you, you're not just going to stand there.
0: You, you know? kept your gloves on for almost humanly as long as possible as you could, right, before you decided to drop them, Because he was kind of thrown at you all,
1: all the time, right? I just saw him uh, throwing as soon as he got up. So uh, I didn't want to get hit, let's say, in the face. While I was dropping my gloves and not protecting myself, so I just tried to protect myself first with my gloves on, just get a good grab of his shoulders, and then when the right moment came, when I knew I had him like push over the the edge there,
0: yeah,
1: that's the moment I decided to drop my gloves, and right away you you see me kind of take his helmet off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I think this year it's twice that I just grab his. That yeah, my fighting partner, if you want helmet off, just to make sure i don 't break a finger or anything, so you're always thinking always right right, always.
0: and and I think Travis what Hammonick is probably having you in as a nightmare imposing figure, like <laughs> just like standing him. but it was not your intention to to go onto the bench though, no right?
1: not not at all, no,
0: so I mean, so you know I know he said somebody you crossed a line, you don't feel that you did that,
1: right I mean. It goes so quick. Uh, I looked at the video a couple times, different angles, and uh, we just fall in the open door, and the ref actually falls over us.
0: Right, you couldn't move. The guy was on top of you.
1: I mean, like I said, it's so quick. He kept punching from the bottom. I kept punching. Uh, Then the ref kind of uh, was trying to talk to us uh, to get up, and uh, at one point we got up and Whatever. Well, I,
0: you know, obviously, I want you to defend yourself out there, but I really want you to think about, you know, ESPN has 30 for 30. You think 45 for 45. All right. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. All right. All right. Great. Good
0: deal. Uh, Anthony, thank you for doing this. It was a long time. It's a Saturday. I know you got your buddies in from Montreal. No problem. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you being part of the Red and White. Authority. My pleasure. Thank you.